so hello and welcome to the country's most authoritative automobile show in the capital and beyond right here on city 97.3 fm with me jude mensa duncan it's another edition of your favorite car show the total energies auto show as you are aware of on this show we get all of your complicated car issues resolved with expert opinions tips diagnosis and advice and we'll be doing exactly that on the show today as well we also inform and advise on best practices to keep your cars in the best of states and very importantly to increase its efficiency and um, today i have a really interesting guest on the show who'll be telling me about something very important to you if you're a car owner or a prospective car owner um, i'll introduce my guest right after this break and i'll also come your way with um, our safety share as you've come to know it so yes um keep your dial right here on city 97.3 fm when i'm back from this short break i'll introduce my guest and we'll delve straight into the conversation all right so you're welcome back to the total energies auto show with me jude mensa duncan so our safety share for the week and then we delve into our conversation it's, it's quite simple right it's very popular we've said it repeated it over and over again but we can never emphasize it enough so our safety share for the week quite simple don't text and drive it's as simple as that don't text and drive why am i saying so because of all the activities with distracted driving sending a text message is the most dangerous or has been found has been found to be the most dangerous a person is 23 times more likely to have a motor vehicle crash while sending a text message than if they were only driving so i mean the the statistics is there for all to see 23 times more likely to be involved in a motor vehicle crash if you are sending a text message rather than just driving alone so simple message for for the week don't text and drive you can park the vehicle send whatever message you want to send and continue or come back to driving but just don't attempt to do the both of it together because you are 23 times more likely to be involved in a motor vehicle crash having said that i'll move on to introduce my guest for this week's edition of um, the country's favorite automobile show and it's a really interesting one because today we have the regulator uh, in to have a really exciting conversation with us um, we'll be delving into all your issues with relation um, to driver licensing vehicle licensing roadworthiness i mean when we share the post a lot of you were sending us messages saying that our roads are not worthy themselves so are we looking for roadworthiness of vehicles i'm not sure he'll be addressing that particular one but i mean all issues you have for our regulator my guest who is mr kafui semavo he will be helping us delve into the issues expertly and he's the director in charge of driver training and testing and licensing at the DVLA. Mr. Kafui Samavo, welcome to the Auto Show. Thank you. Good yeah. afternoon. Good afternoon to your listeners. I mean, good, great, great to have you because I've seen it's been a really busy week for all of you at the DVLA and I mean, so many things happening. I mean, how, how has it been briefly before we delve into our conversation today? I mean, what, uh, what has the DVLA been up to um, this, well, this past uh, apart couple from of days? the services mm. we've been providing, mm. In the past uh, months, we've been busy planning the uh, international conference that we just had the mm. 10th of this month. Mm. 
and uh, so that that's what we've been doing mm. Yeah. Mm. and also making sure that our customers mm. get satisfaction from the services we provide mm. interesting we'll, we'll try and come to that particular conference i've seen people also show on social media how the dvla is upping their revenue mobilization i mean we see them on the streets with their jackets um checking for all sorts of faults and 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 i mean what's all of that about too yeah so uh it's a requirement mm. that uh, for you to use the public space or mm. the public road, mm. you should have the required documentation. You should have the you should have met the safety requirements mm. to be on the road. So basically, what we do is that we are aware that mm. the first responsibility mm. of safety lies on the vehicle owner mm. or the driver, mm. but the state has a second level of responsibility, and that is what we try. To, to enforce mm, interesting so listeners our show for today um, is termed cruising with compliance cruising with compliance we are looking or we are having a focus on roadworthiness driver and vehicle licensing and my guest uh, mr kafu semabo who is director in charge of driver training and testing and licensing at the driver and vehicle licensing authority so it's it's if you look at the kind of position he has and where he works he literally works <laughs> because you can find all of the words in his position in the in the in the space where he works so interesting conversation we'll be having but i mean mr summer let's let's now move the conversation into the the main reason why we are here a lot of the time we hear road worthiness roadworthiness i mean it's it's a term that is often thrown about a lot when we say a vehicle is roadworthy or has to be roadworthy what is that all about all right so uh, when we say vehicle is roadworthy mm. first of all we are saying that the condition of the vehicle mm. in terms of the ability of that vehicle to operate on public roads safely and legally has been complied with or is certified mm. now these conditions may uh, include mechanical conditions mm. of the vehicle mm. and also some legal requirements that are placed on vehicle owners mm. that will come together to say the vehicle is roadworthy mm. to be on the public road mm. so basically we look at the condition in terms of the mechanical and then the legal side mm. so it's a do- it's a double-edged sword if you ask me interesting so that's for the vehicle but are there necessary i mean documentations for which every vehicle who, which has passed through the, the the necessary testing will be given out so for instance um you bring your car it's assessed what are the the documents really necessary okay. so uh every time you undergo a road ready inspection mm. you are given the what we call the uh, vrc which is the vehicle registration certificate now you are also given the road use sticker which you are by law required to affix on your windscreen mm. these are the two things that you'll be given mm. however in the process to certify the vehicle as mm. road ready mm. there are a number of things that will be looked at mm. so you may be looking at your brakes the suspension system the steering uh, your seat belts mm. all the things that go into safety including even fire extinguishers mm. and other equipment that adapt mm. to ensure that the vehicle is safe to mm. be used on the road mm. so if for instance a fire extinguisher or the the triangle as you call it mm. is not in the vehicle there's a very high likelihood that you fail me for my road worthiness 
of course, you, 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 there are things that are advisory. Mm-hmm. There are things that you must have to pass. So uh, we also conduct emission tests, for instance. Mm. If your emission is above a certain level, mm. then you'll be advised to work on your engine. Mm. If uh, you take a triangle, for instance, if mm. you don't have a, a triangle in the vehicle, mm. you cannot pass the test. The triangle warning reflector. Mm. Because... That is something that provides safety for other road users. Yeah. Now, should your vehicle break down, that is what you use to warn others. Mm. And if you do not have it, mm. and we say legally you can drive on the road, we've not met the conditions. Mm. So all those things are things that you should have mm. to be able to pass the test. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, we are having a conversation with Mr. Kafu Semavo, who is a director in charge of um, driving and testing and also vehicle licensing at the DVLA. If you are wondering how you can be a part of the conversation, um, you can do so via WhatsApp number 0549-986-996. 0549-986-996. Send in all of your message, your comments, your experiences as well. And um, I'm sure my guests will be glad will be glad to address some of these concerns you have. Um, so the number again is 0549986996. You could also do so via the CTFM X account, formerly Twitter account, with the handle at city973. Um, send your message via my personal handle as well, at Mensa Duncan, and I'll be glad to read all of your messages across. Any questions you have for our regulator will be welcome on the show mr Simon, let's move the conversation on to still i mean still on on, on roadworthiness mm-hmm. sorry we would we'll, we'll, uh, try and address other issues i mean just give us this clarification because there are times where for instance someone walks into a showroom and tear up a fresh brand new i mean you can literally see the car shining i mean it doesn't even come better than that how are you saying from all you've said that buying a car even from the showroom will require that there is some level of certification with regards to roadworthiness or obtaining a roadworthiness certificate okay so the the law is clear mm. on such vehicles mm. it says that the licensing authority mm. shall conduct examination mm. every two years mm. for new private motor vehicles mm. until the vehicle is four years or has covered 100,000 100, uh, mm. kilometers. Mm. What it means is that you are not going to be doing the road ready in the first mm. two years. So the first, where you buy, mm. you do your test two years from that time. Okay. Repeat it until you get it to the fourth year. Mm. Then you start to do the annual yeah. test. Mm. For commercial vehicles, they start after the second year mm. because of the frequency of use. Mm. So the new vehicles do not immediately from the showroom mm. go through the uh, roadworthy mm. inspection. However, in the registration process, mm. there is some inspection done to, if, because when you are registering, we want to confirm the chassis number, for instance, of the vehicle, the make of the vehicle, engine capacity, all those things, you must inspect the vehicles to get those information. Mm. So those inspections are done. Mm. But they do not they are not subjected to the same test as already registered vehicles. Mm. Yeah, So there, there is mm. a, a clear legal provision for, mm. for those category of vehicles. I mean, interesting. I mean, you give a really rigorous <laughs> approach to what ought to be done with regards to obtaining a road 
wetness certificate. But let me still um, um, push on this a little. If I get you correctly, then it means that every single vehicle plying the roads in this country ought to obtain a road worthiness. Yes, because that's the position of the, the mm. law uh, will, still, will, will require you mm. that the owner of a, vehicle, a motor vehicle, mm. which is used on our road, shall ensure that the motor vehicle mm. is submitted to the driving uh, the licensing authority mm. for examination to be conducted mm. to certify mm. if that, road, that vehicle mm. is road ready. Mm. So there is that um, responsibility placed mm. on the owner. Mm bring the vehicle to the DVLA's inspection point for that inspection to be conducted. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So then the question is, if we have this really rigorous structure in place to check all of these things, you go on to mention that you go as far as checking the emissions, even of the vehicles. The question then is, why are there so many really terrible roads on um, vehicles on our, on our roads because you go to certain i mean public transport stations and you're wondering how is this car even there in the first place let alone plying our roads some even go as far as going on the motorway and stuff like that yeah. so is there a lapse in the regulation to say so um uh, i'm not being defensive but however mm. i will not say there are many. Because, are you sure? Yes, mm. because you see, uh, in determining whether a vehicle has even passed the test or not, mm. you must do some verification. Mm. So the mere look of a vehicle and say this vehicle is uh, rickety, for instance, mm. doesn't mean that that vehicle has been submitted for the roadworthy mm. examination. We are aware that there are, from our roadside checks, mm. we are aware that there are vehicles we come across mm. that are supposed to be on the road that we issue lay off certificates to them mm. until they go to fix them mm. and bring them for inspection. Mm. We are also aware that there are people out there who do not even submit their vehicles mm. for inspection at all. Mm. Then we are also aware that there are some who have, through whatever means, been able to get certification without being inspected. So that's where the guru boys exactly. now, come in. Now, what we have done mm. is rather to see how our own systems can be enhanced to identify these people and take them out of the system. Mm. Today, if you talk to vehicle owners, mm. people will tell you that I went to do or renew my documentation and I was told my vehicle has been blocked. Mm. My number has been blocked. It means that we have identified some irregularities with that vehicle. Mm. There is something wrong with either your uh, registration, your roadworthiness, and therefore that blocking will now push you to come to us for us to be able to take you through the proper proce process mm. and correct what mm. we've identified to be wrong. In that process, we've also identified vehicles that the owners know will not pass, <laughs> <laughs> will not pass the <laughs> test and have forged mm. documents. So there are a number of things we are doing behind the scenes and Coupled with the uh, the roadside checks that we do with our stakeholders, the police, and then the National Road Safety Authority, yeah, to uh, make sure that as much as possible we are able to reduce this number of vehicles. Now today, if you drive on our roads, I mean, you see fairly mm. good cars. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, to, 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 <laughs> I mean yes, to, there are some that yeah. will say, 
Arekiti. Mm. But uh, I would say there are not that many, like mm. you said. Mm. We you 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 need data in this age to, <laughs> <laughs> to because I mean every now and then I would pass through Kanishi Station, for instance, and I see some of the vehicles there, and I mean very basic functions like the indicator light is off, the headlight is off. So you are driving and it's in the night already. We have a problem with street lights in this country, and you, a vehicle is oncoming there are no headlights working uh, and you're wondering how this vehicle is there in the first place and the most shocking part of it is that they will pass through all the necessary police stops without any i mean challenge whatsoever but it's interesting to know that you say for instance that there are systems in place to look at all of that but i just want you to elaborate on that system uh, even even apart from what we do mm. we also engage the leadership of this uh, unions, driver unions, unions, so the GPRT uh, to, mm. to provide education for them to understand that mm. the vehicle owners mm. need at all times to maintain the vehicle because the fact that you came for a, a test today mm. and you've passed your indi- traffic indicators, for instance, mm. are not working after the test. Mm. You have that responsibility to fix them mm. because these are uh, electronic parts mm. that can go off anytime mm. depending on how you use them and how you even maintain them. Mm. So the, we always will say that you have the first responsibility, but we will come after you when mm. we identify you as not complying. Mm. Because the moment you are in that commercial space and you are not providing the safety that is required, you are also putting others at, at risk. Yeah, interesting. Uh, yes. But will you, for instance, from where you sit, push for some kind of legislation that will, for instance, ban the importation of vehicles where the seats have been changed? or buses where there are not enough seat belts for all occupants should the car be full and buses that don't have proper functioning indicator lights and all of the other safety features from what you said will you say it's something you're looking at or would even consider in the coming years so in the months in the, in the past mm. you you could have brought in um, a vehicle design for cargo for instance yeah they reconstruct it or change a few things and then yeah. fix seats, go through a certain inspection, mm. and then it's, it is either rejected or accepted as a commercial vehicle. Mm. Today, that has stopped mm. because vehicles, when constructed to be cargo, they have to be cargo. Mm. They are constructed to be for passenger carrying, they have to be for passenger carrying. Therefore, if you decide that you are going into the passenger carrying business mm. just get the right vehicle for that business mm. if you are going to cargo you get the cargo vehicle so mm. for us once we are not going to be converting mm. then that's that even puts an end to rate mm. yeah now when vehicles enter into our jurisdiction for some reason some uh, may, may be coming in as used vehicles so such vehicles may have some defects mm. and that is why immediately they are not registered until they go through the inspection process before registration is done. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. My guest is Mr. Kafi Semavo and he is with the DVLA and today he's helping us delve into very important questions on roadworthiness, on driver licensing, which are, we are yet to touch on and hopefully also on um, vehicle licensing. And later on in the show, we'll talk about that very important conference that took place earlier this week. Um, I mean, interesting messages coming in. Um, this one's from McLeod says, um, so please, is he saying that the trotters on our roads are roadworthy? 
and how do these churches pass the test i think he clarified um that particular one not too long ago um richard city also sent in a message and said the airport residential area please what type of advanced warning triangle okay so richard city from the airport residential area he says please what type of advanced warning triangle do you approve for use are these informations available on your website or you'd want to touch on it briefly okay so i'm sure he has seen um some reflectors mm. or warning triangles mm. that have light mm. in them mm. and then there are also some we've seen that are just a reflective mm. um, part of it mm. now for the uh, warning triangles that are given from the DVLA, approved by the DVLA, mm. are those that uh, have the, the the triangle has the uh, the reflective mm. triangle yeah. across it, and it's not the light type. Mm. However, people have used. I've seen some also that uh, because of the light, it is more visible in terms of uh, when you are in dark the brightness but, uh, is bright. like it brights more the intensity is yes. strong but the ones that are approved by dvla mm. are the types that have the uh, mm. uh, the dvla uh, uh, written on it mm. and also it has the the reflective mm. uh, uh, three sides mm. triangle yeah. interesting so um, richard that's the clarification you need nazareth sends in a message it says hello city um, total auto show please i need a bit of clarification on the new vehicles bit um are you saying new private vehicles from the showroom are not supposed to be submitted for roadworthiness certification until after four years um he needs a little bit of clarification on that briefly so then. Mm. the position of the law is every two years yeah. will be submitted the license authority shall conduct examination every two years for new mm. private motor vehicles until the vehicle turns four years mm. then after four years you'll be doing the annual yeah renewal of the mm. road wedding mm. for commercial vehicles after the first two years mm. you start to do the six months mm. renewal of mm. the road wedding mm. i think i think that's clear sk in community 25 in terma says hello city please i registered my to toyota yaris in the year 2022 the triangle wasn't given to me the dvla said they have a shortage please i want to ask if i can come for mine uh, is there any shortages of triangle yeah. warning triangles in the well, system there's a peculiar issue he, he mm. may he may have to come, come. for us to mm. understand what mm. exactly went mm. wrong yeah mm. all right interesting so um there you have it a conversation with mr um Kaffrey sema about helping us understand issues with regards to roadworthiness of our vehicles um to move on the conversation a bit i think the bit on roadworthiness is quite clear um where he talks about so many issues within within that space now let's move on to another very important part of the regulator's duty and when i say the regulator i'm referring to the dvl driver licensing every now and then you go to their 37 office you see queues i mean or and the place looks so busy and, and, and you're wondering um is everyone qualified to own a driver's license what are the 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 requirements or specifications for owning a driver's license in this country okay so there there is the age requirement first which is mm. 18 years or above mm. and once you turn 18 or you are more than 18 mm. and you apply for a driver's license and you satisfy 
any medical condition, any medical examination required by the licensing authority, mm. you pass your theory and practical test, then you will be given a driver's license. However, this it is also a requirement that for you to uh, obtain a new license, you need to also train mm. with a registered driver training institution mm. for you to uh, start the process. We, we also require as of today that every person who is applying to obtain a driver's license the first time also undergoes a vision test at um, any of the accredited vision centers before you can apply. Mm. Then, once you have met these two conditions of training and the medicals, you are also required to pass a test, and that test is to determine your skills and then the competencies you have. Yeah. Before you uh, issue with a driver's license, mm. so that's basically the specifications you. And I also hear there are different types of driving or uh, licenses with regards to operating yeah, the vehicle. There are categories of categories. Yeah. Interesting. You want to just briefly touch on it, so we. we so we, if we, if you take your driver's license and mm. you look at the back mm. of the license, you, sh- you should see a table mm. that shows A B. C, D, E, and F. Mm. Now, all these are categories of uh, vehicles that you can be permitted to operate on our roads. So if we take A, for instance, we are talking about motorcycles. Mm. If we take B, then we are talking about cars, cross-country vehicles, and pickups. And we are talking about these category of vehicles up to uh, 3,500 kg. Or if we want to use the city capacity, then we are talking about one to fifteen passengers mm. for B. If you take C, we are talking about buses and medium goods carrying vehicles not exceeding ten thousand mm. uh, kilograms. And then we are or if you use the sitting capacity, you'll be talking about one to forty-five passengers. Yeah, that's for the C. It's for the C. Mm. D, we are talking about uh, one to sixty-five passengers and then when you come to e <laughs> e is a category that uh will deal with agriculture earth moving equipment and then the industrial equipment mm. so we have tractors we have combined harvesters mm. graders uh, bulldozers loaders forklifts forklifts etc mm. then f f now is the uh, heavy goose and that is any vehicle above 3,500 mm. kg and articulator, whether rigid, mm. uh, uh, articulator uh, mm. vehicles. So that is the classification we have. Now, if you have air, for instance, then you are permitted to operate B, C, and D. Mm. That's but if you have F. F. Mm. But if, for instance, you have only A, mm. you cannot operate any of the remaining, remaining classes. From B to F. Yes. But you can have A, B and E as a combination on your on your license. Mm. You can have A, C and E. You can have A, D and E. So basically, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's becoming an equation at this point. But the point essentially is that if you have, for instance, a, a category license that's like higher up, like E for agriculture, um, 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 sorts of vehicles. Yeah. 
they are is not you are not allowed to operate other vehicles exactly. by solely owning that one because you can drive a tractor. Yeah, no. So because you drive a tractor, you can't also automatically say that license allows you to operate a motorbike. Exactly. Yeah. But if you own or have a E, then you can say maybe for saloon vehicles you can operate. So if you have an F, mm. that's F, for buses. F will cover B, C, and D. Mm. The F for for the purposes for, for our listeners who don't probably have their licenses with them. So F is buses, coaches, and goods carrying vehicles. Yes. But that will allow you or give you the the the, the permit to drive saloon vehicles Those. and. Other and minivans, that vehicle mm. below mm. that class. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think the, the the general understanding for that is, is is quite clear. Let's let's move on the conversation to talk about international driving licenses. I understand the DVLA author- or the, the 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 drivers and vehicle licensing authority is now issuing international licenses. I mean that's that's quite new, is it not? Uh, it's something we we've been doing all these years. So wow, it's not a new service. Mm. Um, so for those who travel outside the jurisdiction and have to mm. drive, especially when you are not uh, migrating to go and domicile somewhere, mm. you may want to apply for mm. the international driver's license, uh, driver's permit, so that whilst you are away, you can drive in the uh, in your new location. Mm. So, for instance, for you to um, qualify for international license you need first of all to have your Ghanaian license a valid one of course mm. then you apply and you'll be given the international license which is valid for one year however that license is not valid for use in Ghana <laughs> and but every the prerequisite other, for that is to own the Ghanaian that, license yes so then you would or, or automatically would be able to drive if you have the because if I get you correctly, you say you need a Ghana the Ghanaian driving license, license to obtain the international driving license for one year. Yes. So then it means that whoever obtains or eventually is able to get one is allowed to drive in, in, in Yeah, you in are allowed to drive, but you are not driving because you have the international driving permit. Mm. Okay. You are, you are driving okay. because you have the Ghanaian mm. driver's license. Mm. The international driving permit mm. is uh, becomes effective mm. when you are outside mm. the jurisdiction of Ghana. Mm. It applies to all other mm. uh, issuing states mm. where once you issue, it is not valid in your jurisdiction, mm. but the contracting countries will accept it. For what was the processes involved? So you need, like I said, you need your mm. Ghanaian license, mm. which should be valid at the time of application. You also uh, will have to give us pictures, and then you also... We'll have to fill a form and sign, and then we'll process mm. the application. And for international drivers' uh, permits, it is one of the services that we provide in a day. Mm. So you can always get it anywhere across the country issued to you in one day. Mm. Interesting. Is it also possible for foreign nationals to come in here and say, well, I've been driving for so long in my home country for some reason i'm here in ghana now and i want to obtain an international driver's license here in ghana is it is the service open to foreign nationals so if you are a foreign national of course you can apply to obtain a Ghanaian license mm. there are two ways you can do it it's either you are converting your home license into the Ghanaian license because we recognize the, the foreign licenses for convention purposes mm. now 
for you to do that as a foreign national we also require that you would have registered as a non-citizen with the national identification authority mm. we also require that you would have regularized your uh, immigration status especially mm. having your uh, resident permit mm. valid and if you are employed here mm. you want to see evidence so you may have to attach an introductory mm. uh, introduction letter mm. from your employer mm. then you submit uh, your driving records mm. from the home country <laughs> mm. uh, most countries uh, have systems where we can go on their website and pull the records yeah so it's easy to do once, mm. they, uh, once you meet all these requirements mm. you fill the necessary forms make the necessary payments and it is issued mm. and it is one of the services that we issue or we provide at the prestige center and also it's also available across the country mm. interesting i mean if from a lot of the things you've said a, a large chunk of the work you do is, is also very very legal because then it's like a lot of legalistic yeah so things you know uh, mm. it's always said that in a way every crime that is committed will involve some means of transportation okay wow. and wow. everybody you wow. put out there to this person can drive should be somebody we can identify mm. should be somebody who uh legally mm. is accepted to be resident here mm. so that we don't want the situation where immigration requirements are not met mm. and we are granting you some privileges mm. and therefore we work with our stakeholders including mm. the immigration mm. where we where we think that we need to do verification we do mm. we do verify some mm. documents to see whether we can go ahead with this mm. uh, application because there 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 are implications to this if you have people you can identify and you are empowering them then but you know that those who can easily mm. And those who have made the process mm. do not have any problem submitting to us this documentation. I mean, it's it's really interesting the the kind of perspective you you, you add to this, and and thinking about it is is is, is quite is quite interesting that every other crime involves, I mean, yeah. transportation of yeah. a sort, yeah. and also read that I mean road transport of which you are the regulator. I mean, or commuting. I mean, involves about ninety five percent. I mean, so. Of um, that's with movement from one place mm. to the other in this in this country is about ninety five percent. That's that's quite significant, yes. especially because our railway is almost non existent in this country. So there's a lot more pressure on you, the regulator. So for instance, if you had a very functioning railway system, then it would have eased the burden on on DVLA a bit. I, I want to believe. So uh, rail has its own advantages, mm. right? it's it's faster mm. and it's reliable in most cases however let's also bear in mind that all the boats of transportation mm. will end by road yeah so if you came by eh, you get <laughs> the, the plane will take you to your house exactly. the the the, the, the feathers the plane will take you to the airport exactly. at which point you have to get down get into a bus or your vehicle yeah. i think or it's walking mm. bicycle mm. yeah even if you were in the train mm. and the stop 
your home is opposite the, the train station. Mm. You still walk. You cross a road. Yeah, so, it, it makes it makes yeah. a lot of sense. So, mm. uh, as much as that would have reduced the uh, traffic, it also will have mm. uh, not really taken mm. pressure, but it will still require mm. that the regulators do what they will have to do to ensure that the mobility mm. is assured and mobility is easy. Mm. Yeah. I've seen your messages coming in thick and fast. Uh, my guest is here. You help us address some of them um, before the show ends. But guys, always be reminded that a poorly maintained car engine can age faster. And that is why we offer specially formulated quartz engine oil with age-resistant technology. It's a breakthrough innovation that ensures optimal performance for your engine and improves protection against mechanical wear by up to 74%, even under extreme temperatures and pressure. So choosing quartz from Total Energies is choosing the engine oil that keeps your engine running efficiently and effectively. Quartz keep your engine younger for longer. Let's delve into some of the messages from Alex from Berlin sends in a message. He says, please, I'm a German citizen living in Accra, but I have no German driving license, but I have the Ghanaian license. Can I apply for an international license um, to enable me drive when I visit Germany? Yes. And the answer is a resounding yes. yes. I mean, that was quite explained well. Jonathan sends in a message. He says, hello, Total Energies Auto Show. Kindly ask your guest if it is legal to register right-hand drive cars. I have at least one, a Rolls Royce. Charlie, we have people of substance, men of straw, <laughs> listening to the show. Yeah, so Jonathan, a Rolls Royce owner, says he has a right-hand drive car and he wants to know if he's allowed to register it in the country. Briefly, then we will okay, move on to so, uh, Jonathan will have to mm. obtain the approval of the Minister for Transport to be able to do that. Um, there may be conditions he mm. will have to meet. Mm. And therefore, I will advise that he first of all apply to the ministry. Mm. And then the That's the transport ministry. ministry. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Diana sends in a message. says, kindly talk about why in Ghana we use reflectors on our vehicles. I don't see this when I travel abroad. I mean, this 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 is a conversation that has to be had another day. Prado sends in a message. He says, um, "At one time, I had to park my vehicle for over a year, but when I went for renewal after I fixed the engine, they charged me for the year I didn't use it, even with a penalty. Why is this? I'm not too sure. Okay, this. so mm. uh, I think that what what he didn't do mm. is that." Uh, if you find yourself in such a situation mm. or even if you are traveling and you are going to be away for a while and your vehicle uh, documentation will mm. be expiring before mm. your arrival what you need to do is to apply for layoff mm. that's, that's what we call that layoff mm. now when you apply that is placed on your file so anytime you are coming back to renew we know now you've applied for layoff but if you don't, what happens is that then it is assumed that you've been using the vehicle mm. without renewing your documentation mm. and therefore you have to pay for the years that <laughs> you held government mm. revenue. Mm. Mm. <laughs> All right, interesting. My guest, Mr. Kafui Semavo, helping me from the DVLA, helping me um, 
address very important issues with regards to um, roadworthiness of vehicles, driver licensing, vehicle licensing, and of course, um, providing useful useful responses to all of your questions you have for him. Um, but Mr. Semabo, on, on, on Tuesday, October 10th, that's just this past Tuesday, um, we saw a really elaborate, rather elaborate conference of major stakeholders and very important industry players come together mm. for I think it's the first of its kind. Yeah. I don't think I've seen or read of any of, 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 of it in, in, in the media. I mean, talk to us about the conference. I, I believe it's, it was the International Driver and Vehicles Innovation Conference organized by the DVLE mm. and the Transport Ministry. Yes. What was the, the idea behind a conference of, of, of this sort? All right. So um, if you have, you've followed DVLE... Mm. In recent times, mm. we have constantly been looking at emerging issues and always repositioning to be sustainable. So this particular conference was to identify emerging issues in transport and to bring together experts to discuss the future of road transport and also reposition all stakeholders, mm. especially the DVLA, to ensure that we are sustainable into the future. Mm. A lot of things are changing. Now, if you look at uh, AIs today, at, uh, and then you look at, uh, we are in the fourth generation, yeah, yeah. big data. Data is necessary for... I that mean, is, it moves the world, literally. I didn't even agree with you that you said, you said <laughs> many. <laughs> but I mean, then, to be fair, if you go to, I mean... Station. Some of the churches there. I mean, it's 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 not not not. But then I mean, if yeah. you look at the vehicles, we are having human machine interfaces. Mm. Now vehicles are talking to drivers. Vehicles <laughs> are giving messages to drivers. They are self-drive vehicles. Really, mm. there are Internet of Things happening. Mm. So autonomous vehicles. Mm. We have the electronic vehicles, also mm. electric vehicles around. Mm. Even when it comes to the users, mm. now vehicle manufacturers are also delving into mm. online services. Mm. Okay, so it is critical that DVLA and its stakeholders mm. set up and say, these are the things that are happening. Mm. Do we, in providing our services, conform to some of these things? Legally, are our regulations accommodating this. Mm. Currently, you understand also that the Ministry of Transport is encouraging the use of um, e-vehicles. Mm. Now, we found out that our, um, you know, we have the Ghana Automotive uh, Development Policy mm. needs to be reviewed to ensure mm. that it takes care of e-vehicles. So these are some of the things that mm. We, we, mm. we, uh, the conference brings the opportunity for us mm. to identify the gaps mm. and fill them because mm. if you look at the way technology is changing mm. if we don't comply mm. the time will come mm. you either will not be relevant again I'll ask you how close we are to seeing some of these self-drive vehicles and whether I mean for I'm, I'm a Kanishi boy and I'm wondering will we ever get to a point where we see a, a, a self-drive vehicle on the streets of Kanishi or at the at the race junction or in Madina and I mean driving 
efficiently without any but just briefly talk to me about some of the speakers who are the event and i mean very very highlights of some of the things that was said was said there okay so time is we, fast spent yeah, yeah we we had um dr ernest Ajiman from mm. the university of ghana mm. uh, speak we we also had um our director for policy from the ministry of transport also mm. speak we had uh right from the transport research mm. laboratory in the uk mm. also speak and all the speakers mm. point to the fact that mm. it is necessary <laughs> it is necessary <laughs> to keep mm. changing the things you do mm. to remain relevant mm. and even collaboration among the stakeholders mm. is becoming very important now because the way things are changing the technologies that are coming it's not a standalone again. Yeah. We need to be talking to each other. We mm. need to be interfacing with each other mm. to remain relevant. Mm. It is even going to go beyond just Ghana interfacing with its stakeholders. Mm. And the sub-region will start to interface. Mm. Now, we are seeing uh, the, the call for even harmonization of our mm. policies, some of our laws, some of our requirements. Mm. So, if you sit back and, for instance, you say uh, autonomous vehicles will not happen. <laughs> it will happen because we sat here, we saw somebody fly a drone. That's true. The next time, mm. people are flying it. Mm. They didn't, the regulator come in to regulate. <laughs> yes, they did. Yeah. Now, Uber is there. Mm. The, the right rating, mm. uh, right, uh, right sharing mm. or companies are there. Mm. Things are changing in that, that mm. area. We have to, we we'll probably, them? yeah, we'll probably have to bring you again to speak about the ride hailing app and also the need for regulation for that space because you listen to people who patronize ride hailing apps and they have so many challenges. Even the drivers who are employees of these apps too have a myriad of problems they are, they are facing themselves. And all this way discussed at the conference. Interesting. Yes. When, when, when are we to see? the next of of it's something of this sort is there is there so the, the conference has actually come to stay mm. it's going to be annual mm. it's an annual conference that will mm. be happening so next mm. year we mm. we definitely are going to gather mm. again around the table mm. to continue the deliberation but this conference is of the such that we don't just discuss and go walk away mm. there are things we have identified from it mm. especially there are some even policies that we have to review mm. and those things are going to happen before mm. the next year's mm. conference happen. Mm. Uh, Mr. Sam, so many of our messages are coming. Unfortunately, we can't, we can't, we can't deal with all of it, but you have to promise our listeners that you'll be back again to continue this conversation because it's been quite enlightening and, and I mean, you've opened our eyes to some things that, I mean, people didn't have ideas to um proud to this conversation but thank you so much for for coming and you say we are we are we are very likely to see a self-driving vehicle on our madina and kanishi stretches anytime soon yeah yeah you are very confident of that it will happen <laughs> it will happen <laughs> all right interesting so you have my assurance mm. I, I i provide i'm happy to provide service mm. to my country so mm. Mm. i'll definitely come back mm. definitely because there's there's so much more we could have talked about but for time so there you have it listeners if we're unable to address your question apologies i'll try and gather all of those responses sent to him and engage you um in in, in your messages with regards to the messages you sent and this is all time will allow us for for yet another exciting and insightful edition of your favorite automobile show the total energies auto show right here on city 97.3 fm with me jude mensa duncan mr kafu semavo who is the director in charge of driving training and testing 
and licensing at the driver and vehicle licensing authority <laughs> i mean i like this so much so he's the director in charge of driving training testing and licensing training testing and licensing. training testing and licensing at the driver and vehicle licensing authority so yeah actually you are there like like my bosses who say you're a big man all right so thank you so much for doing the listening we'll come your way same time next week on the total energies auto show